Father, we thank you. Come on, don't, don't disconnect. Let's just reconnect, re-engage. Oh, Lord, we love you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, oh, glory. Magnify your name. We lift our voice and worship you, oh God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes. Oh, sing a song to the Lord this morning. Just tell him. Tell him, not me, not us. Tell him what you're thankful for. Thank you, Lord, for the breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord, for my family. Thank you, Lord, for our church, for our church family. Thank you, Lord, for our country and our city. Thank you that we enjoy freedom. singing that song earlier, here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, and I heard the Lord say, here I am, here I am, then he said, I am that I am, and we've been seated in heavenly places with him so when we say here I am he's saying here I am and we're here we are <laughs> we don't have to come to God I, I heard a, a minister say he said I don't I don't say oh Lord uh, come come be with us he said the Lord lives right inside me he said that's why I bow my head so I can talk right there to him he lives inside of it. Here we are. We come to worship you and gather together. And there you are in our midst, with us, inside of us. With every breath that we take, with every thought that comes across our mind, with every inclination and moving of the Spirit of God within us, there you are. And in our darkest days, there you are. And in our most embarrassing, our most shameful moments in our life, there you were and there you are. 
never holding anything against us, never holding our sin against us, but always stretching forth your arms to love us, even in the midst. It says that, that rarely will a man die, give his life for a good man. And even some might do so, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet dirty and disgusting and wretched, he extended his arms of love and he gave his only son for us. So here we are. Oh, here we are to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Oh, yeah. Yes, thank you, Lord. You all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. Here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that. You're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful yes. to me, here sing that bridge one more time except we're going to change the words of it just for this moment I'm not saying that the song is wrong but it says I'll never know how much it costs well, can we change that can we change that confession 
And let's line it up with what Ephesians said. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the spirit and the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend Hallelujah! with all the sake. What is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Oh, yes. Come on. We'll sing that together. we we'll say, I want to know. Oh, I want to know how much it costs. Yes, come on. To see my sins. We want. We want that cross. We desire. So we want oh, to we pray know. That, say, how much it costs. Now sing that song. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow. Because down. we've seen it. Here we are, Lord. Here we worship you. Hallelujah. You're my God. Oh, how can we not worship you, you after we've seen what you've done? Lovely, all together worthy. Hallelujah. All together Hallelujah. You say, well, I have a hard time worshiping. I'm not used to this worship. I'm not used to this praise. I, I have a hard time worshiping when you ain't seen it yet. I'm not saying that condemningly. I'm not getting on to you. But because, boy, you see how much he loves you, you won't worry about who is on your left and who's on your right. You'll step out there and say, oh, as for me and my house and my, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. And it's not a hellfire and brimstone message. It's a, it's a message of love. It's a message of goodness that you and I could do nothing and have been able to do nothing and will never be able to do nothing to earn the righteousness and the love that God freely gave us through His Son, Jesus. Because He loves us. Because He loves you. I know that's a strange thought sometimes in the world that we live in, but He loves you. And He gave Himself for you. And when you identify and you recognize that, boy, you'll put both hands up and you'll say, here, here I am, I, I, here I am. I mean, that's salvation. That's really what it means. What does it mean to be born again? You show up and say, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Can we do that together before we transition? Can we just say that together? Not as a song, but as a statement. And we just say, Lord, Lord here, I am. here I am. I give my life, give my life away, away to you. To you. To you. you use me. I make a decision to give my life to you. To give my life to you. 
Jesus' name. Yes. what I hear the Lord saying. I hear the Lord saying, you sense that? Or rather in your lingo or your, uh, in, a, in, a, in a way that you will understand it, do you feel that? Really, you're not feeling it as much as you're sensing it, but because you've lived your life so much according to your feelings, your feelings and your emotions have no choice but to line up with what my spirit is doing. And so what you're really interpreting this as is you're feeling it, but it's different. It's different than a normal feeling. It's because you're sensing me, and I've been with you the whole time. Now recognize that. That's what I hear him saying. Recognize that. Put a pin in your heart and say, oh, that's the spirit of God right there. And so tomorrow when you wake up in the morning and you start walking and living your life, that unction will be right there and he'll say, no, don't do that. Go this way. And you'll remember it because you're remembering it right now. But be careful because it's easy to drown it out. Because what you allow to influence your mind and your soul will not taint it will not destroy your spirit, but it will dull your ability to decipher the difference between the two. For my spirit, for I am a gentleman, I'm not going to push you. I'm that still, small voice, that gentle, father-like, fatherly not father-like, fatherly spirit that prompts you inside, that's me. 
And I've been there the whole time. Some of you this morning have been asking the Lord, I, I, how do I hear the Lord? I, I, don't, I, I, feel, I find that it's difficult to hear His voice. I, I don't understand what He... And He's saying, I'm giving you a demonstration right now so that you'll know this is me. David said, whether you... In the Psalms, I think it was, he said that as you walk, you'll hear a still small voice behind you that will say, this is the way, walk in it. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's working right now. Just close your eyes and listen. He's talking to you. No, that's not right. He's not talking to you. He's been talking to you. You're just at a point where you're listening. Listen. That thing you've been asking the Lord about, He's giving you wisdom right now. question you've had. He's answering it. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hmm. Somebody in here, you're at the point where you're weary and you're ready to turn loose. Of something. And he said in Galatians, let us not grow weary in well-doing. And so the Lord's asking, wanted me to ask you this question. Are you weary because you're not doing good? And I don't mean doing right. Listen to what I'm saying. 
Are you weary? He said, do not grow weary in well-doing. That means if you're growing weary, it could be that you're not in well-doing. You're doing, but it's not well-doing. In other words, it's not the place that God is having you to be doing. It's in the place that you want to be doing. So the Lord's saying, have I told you? Have I spoke to you? Have I told you this is what, is it well-doing? Does it line up with the Word of God? Yes, Pastor, it lines up with the Word of God, okay? Number two, does it line up with your spirit? Have you heard the Lord say, do this? And you say, yes. Okay, then the Lord is saying to you, do not grow weary. Well, how do you do that? (laughs) Do not grow weary. It's a decision. I know that's far-fetched, but it is. The passion, I read, I wanted to read this to you. The passion for God to move among His people sometimes seems slow in being rewarded. Sincere leaders often labor, pray, and seek fruitfulness for extended seasons before the visitation of God's grace brings the long-sought harvest. The call is do not lose heart. Harvest is certain. Spirit-directed words, actions, giving, serving, and loving are all good deeds. God has promised to multiply those good deeds back to you. There is a due season. Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. If there's one thing I'm certain of, it's a due season. He's not obligated to bless what you do. He's obligated to bless what He does and what He says for us to do. So you got to ask yourself that hard question first. Am I doing what the Lord said? Anytime I deal with somebody, anytime somebody comes to me with frustration, myself included, anytime I get in a place of frustration, I have to go to the Lord and I have to say, Lord, I'm a little frustrated or I'm a little weary. I'm a little tired. And I have to ask myself, has God said? And if the answer to that is yes, there's a strength that comes because I know God is faithful and I know my due season is right around the corner. Well, I'm tired of hearing about the due season, Pastor. I know. When is due season? I can tell you this. I don't know exactly, but I know it's always a little longer than we would like. But God is faithful. And so I'm going to give you something that's going to help you get to that due season without having to carry the emotional baggage that you've been carrying. And it's keep your eyes fixed on Him. It's keep your eyes fixed on Him. I was meditating this week, and it says that He keeps in perfect peace whose mind, whose mind, whose mind I don't know But the word that's been coming to to me and her the last month, really, has been out of John 15, 7, where Jesus said, If you abide in me 
and my words abide in you. I, I don't even want to go no further. Right, let me just get that down first. I'm going to abide in him. I'm going to keep my eyes stayed on him. We've cut out a lot of TV. We've cut out a lot of nonsense. We've got more to cut out. But I'm making a decision to abide in Him. I'm listening. Anything that is not going to encourage me, I don't, I don't even want to listen to it. Whether it's radio, somebody preaching, I'm trying to build myself up. Keep your mind stayed on Him. What are you listening to? What are you watching? Come on. Because that will have a detriment. This is the greatest time of the year, ain't it, brother? You and I have talked about This is the greatest time of year for us to be celebrating. And yet we're coming here. i got to go back to the bridges. I don't have no money. I don't have this. I don't have that. What do you have? What is it that you have? Can I brag on God for a little bit? Is it okay if I brag? This is part of my message, but I'm just going to brag on God. It's easy for me to look at what I don't have. My house is not finished. Our vehicles are dirty because all we've been doing is burning up the roads, driving back and forth, all this stuff. But listen, this is what the Lord said. He said, but you got two houses. And four automobiles. Bless God, I got more than I need. If I decide I don't want to stay in this house, I'll go stay in this house. Because it's God. God is blessing us. And it is so easy to not see the forest for the trees. Or is it the trees for the forest? You ain't seeing nothing because all you see is just green. Look at what God has done in our lives. We should be celebrating together. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. Can we make a decision to be thankful? Father, we're thankful. We are thankful. We brag on you. We say, God, you have blessed us. We are so blessed. We are so blessed. Thank you, Lord. Just close your eyes and just think about what you've got and what the Lord's blessed you with and thank Him for it. Thank you, Lord. You can always find something to be thankful for. Just tell God thank you. Just tell Him thank you this morning. Just say it out loud. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. 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 It's easy to bless somebody that's appreciative. (laughs) Oh, Father, we thank you. Thank you. We appreciate everything. We appreciate everything you've done for us. We appreciate. We're so thankful for what you do in our lives. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said... 
Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. It's hard to break away from that, ain't it? I don't know whether it's Harry and his ability to play or the Spirit of God or a little bit of both. What you think? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, despite everything that's, oh, I shouldn't say despite, I should say in flowing with everything that's been happening this morning, this is really what the Lord has laid on my heart to really share. In 1 Kings chapter 17, I'll give you a minute to turn there. 1 Kings chapter 17. You ever, there comes a place where you start asking the Lord, where's the provision? <laughs> Lord, where's, where's your provision? And part of that growing weary and well-doing is what the enemy tries to use for us to turn loose of our faith, which is what activates and accesses everything in the kingdom of God. And in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah said, Elijah begins to proclaim a drought. And he goes to the inhabitants and to King Ahab and he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elijah, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Where did the Lord command the ravens to feed him? There, not here. Notice he said, I have commanded. Maybe, I'm just saying, speculating. Maybe your provision is already there. But it ain't here. Well, I don't know where there is. Yeah, you do. You know where there is. There is the place that your flesh does not want to go. You know, they always say, don't ever tell God what you're not going to do. I'll never. So I've been saying for years, I'll never pastor a church at the beach. I'll never. We will never pioneer a satellite church from New Covenant Church to the beach. We just won't do it. I just don't. Where is God telling you there is? There may not be here. As far as new covenant. Yeah, I know I said it. But if I have a kingdom perspective, then I have to have a fellowship and a kindred with other brethren and other pastors and other apostolic leaders. And I have to say, to be able to say to them and to you, if there is not here, then we need to get you there. And if there is not there for them, then they need to get here because here is there there. Where is there? Our provision is not tied into where we're at. Our provision is tied into where we're going. He said, I have commanded the ravens. Commanded. Meaning the ravens were sitting there waiting on you and me. 
They were waiting on Elijah. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide. Hide by the brook. And it will be there that you shall drink. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and did according to the word of the Lord. If we don't do, the provision isn't there. But whose fault is that? That's not God's fault. Because the provision is there. For he went and stayed by the brook which flows into the Jordans. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and he drank from the brook. Provision is always where God is. And, and we get in this habit sometimes where provision, where we say that God tells us to go do something and maybe we do it and the provision's there and then guess what? It says, and it happened after a while that the brook began to dry up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So every time God moves you from one place to the other, he's already got provision made available. The moment God said to us, we're driving around the big metropolis of Tifton, And Lord, is this it? And the moment the Lord said, this is it, we begin to make provision, we begin to make the change, we begin to get here, provision was already here. Where is your Tifton? Where is it that, what is it, what is it, where is it that God has spoke to you that is there and until you get there, you're not going to see the provision because that's not faith. And that's not how the kingdom of God operates. He created us to be faith beings. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. From the foundation of the earth, God created us to be faith beings. Meaning we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We walk by an earnest expectation and a belief system that is based upon the Word of God. That's what we walk by. Do you see how if we word that differently, it makes it sound more concrete than if we say, Ooh, I live by faith. What is that? Faith is nothing more than a persuasion. It is simply what you believe. And if what you believe has to be and must be based upon the Word of God, then you are living by, I shouldn't say that, then faith is there. Now, whether you and I choose to live by those beliefs that have been formed by the Word of God, now that's a different story. Sometimes we pray for people, Lord, give them faith. And we ought not be praying that. We ought to be telling them, you need to be living by your beliefs. Which is governing what you think, what you say, and what you do. We shout and we run and we declare that God is our source and God is our provider. Then when the bills aren't paid, what do we say? See, God is pleased when we can look at our hurt and we can look at our pain and we can look at our drought and we can say, you are my provider. 
I am more than a conqueror. See, that pleases God. That begins to access things in the kingdom of God and in this natural realm that begins to turn things loose for us. Come on now. You got, you and I, we got three weeks, maybe three and a half. I mean, I don't know if some of y'all go shopping on Christmas Eve or not, but we got three and a half weeks to get ready for Christmas, to buy gifts. I'm going to get to that in a minute because I know some of you are like, well, why Christmas ain't about gifts? Yeah, it is. It's all about gifts. It's all about the gift. But we got three and a half weeks to get ready. And you say, well, I ain't got no money. Well, let's believe God together. Let's exercise our faith together and let's access the supernatural ability that God has given us. Let's change our currency from this to this and let's begin to manifest what it is we're believing God for through our faith. So the word of the Lord comes to you, access it by faith. I believe it. I don't care what it looks like. I know that God has called us to Tifton. I, don't, I know that God has called us as a church to move forward. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care. Because I know what God has told us. You and I, we've got to get so raw with the things of God, that we laid, it's like a one old preacher said, you, you own the ropes, you bleeding everywhere, and you got half a nostril above water, and you blow a faith bubble, and you say, is that all you got? Well, you're hurting, and you're laying down, and you don't know what's going on, and you say, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But you and I have to be walking in line with what he's told us. And if it ain't here, then maybe it's there. Every time God moves us, every time he speaks a word to us, the provision is already there. Genesis chapter 2. The provision is already there. Genesis chapter 2. God had already created everything. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it He rested from all His work which God had created and made. God has not created anything else. He's rested. He has put things in place in the natural realm and in the spiritual realm that reproduce themselves because God created us to reproduce ourselves. Then the Lord God planted a garden, verse 8, eastward. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant in the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now a river went out of Eden to, the, to water the garden. And from there it planted and became four river heads. The name of the first was Phison is the one who skirts the whole land of Havalia. And there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Gold ain't bad. Gold is good. If gold was bad, there wouldn't be so many people trying to dig it out of the ground. If it was bad, the streets of heaven would not be made 
of it. The name of the second river, river is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Hidekel. It is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. The fourth river is Euphrates. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. He's already made provision available from the foundation of the earth. He made provision available and then he put you and I in it. He's never going to call you to do something that he's not going to provide and put you in that place. But now the enemy and the trials of this life which come to us all, you and I cannot control that. In one sense, Adam really couldn't control the serpent trying to tempt him and Eve. What he could control and what he failed miserably at and what we continue sometimes to fail miserably at is how we respond to it. Your response will determine the reaction. Your, no, your response will determine the result. It will determine the outcome. How we respond to what God has said to us will determine the outcome. That's why in, in, uh, in so many times in Scripture, what I, be, what I have been seeing is God's been saying, I've got more than one way of doing things. I was reading in Genesis a while ago, Genesis chapter 17, where um, I think it was... Um, Abraham began to negotiate with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And he began to negotiate, Lord, if there'd be just 50 righteous, surely you wouldn't save, surely you wouldn't destroy the city for 50 righteous. And the Lord said, if there'd be 50 righteous, I would save it. He said, oh Lord, I am but a peon. I'm paraphrasing. Oh Lord, I am but small in your sight. You are God Almighty. But if there'd be 25, he began to negotiate. You and I have a lot more negotiating power with God than we think because we've been told we hadn't. Because we've been told that we are insignificant in the sight of God. And that's just not true. God began to, when He created us, He created us for fellowship and to dwell with Him and to walk with Him and to commune with Him. And so if we're not doing that, it's because the enemy has lied to us. He desires you and your fellowship. Here I am to worship. And the Lord's saying, well, here I am. I'm glad you decided to come. Come on in. I got some stuff I want to talk to you about. What was it? Where was it that I was talking about that? That a lot of times, well, maybe it was last Sunday, that when you're praising and worshiping and you're giving adoration to the Lord and you're in that place, the Lord begins to speak to you. He begins to talk to you. And we've been conditioned to think, well, that's, oh, I, I got to get that out of my mind. It's time to worship the Lord. And the Lord's like, I'm trying to talk to you about your situation at work. Are you listening to it? And we think it's a distraction. And really it's communion. There's no insignificant part of your life that God does not want to be and is not involved in. 
And so we enter into that place and we begin to worship and we begin to exalt His name and we begin to tune everything out and the flow starts coming. What, because the Lord decided to turn the switch on? No, because you and I drowned it out, everything, and now all of a sudden we're like, man, this, he's, like, he's speaking to me. No, he's been talking to you. He's been talking to me. He's been talking to us. We just slowed down long enough to hear it. Your provision is not here. It's there. Your provision is imminent. Galatians 6 says it's on its way. If, you, if I said to you, I said, okay. <laughs> How can I say this? It, you, uh, we get more, we get more. Do you remember a couple of years ago when, the, when they did the stimulus package and everybody in the country got like either $600 or $800 check or whatever? And it took, my God, it took like, Six months, it seemed like, to get the money. You remember that? Y'all remember that? Am I the only one that remember? You remember that? You remember how excited everybody got? They was excited. It was stimulus package. Everybody was like, where's my check? Where's my check? Every day, where's my check? Where's my check? Everybody got a check? Or most everybody got a check? Or when you get your income tax return, you know, and you know that money's coming. They said, your money is on the way. What do you do? Boy, you already making a list. I'm like... Ooh, I'm gonna get me some new. I'm gonna get me a new dash. I'm gonna get me some new shoes. I'm gonna get that DVD. No, I'm gonna get that stereo system, surround sound. I'm gonna get that big. They got what 80 inch TVs now for like 2.99 at Walmart. I'm gonna get an 80 inch TV for 2.99. You start making that list. But then the Lord says, "Do not grow weary in well doing." And we're like, "I'm so tired." And we place more confidence in the government. We got you. When you get to retirement age, we got you. And we don't, but we don't give God that same level of expectancy. There's something in me that has sparked in the last couple of months. It's like, I'm excited. Why? Because, I mean, either that's true or we just all going to go home. But he said, do not, listen to me, that should, you should read this and be like, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, boy, my due season's on the way, the check's in the mail. Provision is imminent. You think Elijah wrestled with whether or not he was going to die of starvation on his way to the river? I'm sure. I'm sure the thoughts tried to come. Do you think after he left the river and seeing that miracle and now he's going to this little old lady that the Lord has already commanded, do you think he's a little less worried now than he was? Yeah. Why? Because faith builds upon itself. That's why I wanted to go to my third point and try to land this plane before we all get out of here. Is to brag on, it's okay to brag on God. Because you may be, your bragging on God may be helping somebody else's provision that ain't there yet. They need encouragement. So look, I was in your shoes, scratching and believing God. We were talking this morning, me and Daniel were talking this, this is April's brother, by the way. He looks just like her, ain't he good looking? We was on the way. 
We was on this way this morning and we were talking and I was like, we were talking about automobiles and I was like, one of the best automobiles I ever had was an 85 Dodge Ram Charger. My dad paid $500 for it because they thought the engine was blown. But what had happened was they had took the oil plug out and there was no oil in it. And so my dad put the oil plug in there, filled it up with oil, gave us some new plugs and points and wires, cranked it right up. Best vehicle I had, up to this date, best vehicle I almost ever had. And I was in Tulsa at Bible school serving Jesus. And I ran off the road at like 2 o'clock in the morning because we had been up. I would say praying, but that'd be a lie. <laughs> we was playing PlayStation. And I, something fell down in the thing, and I reached over to grab it and looked up, and I was still on the road. I went back for a second try, and I grabbed it. When I looked up, I was in the ditch. And I dukes a hazard out of the ditch, and I was jumping all over the place. Best vehicle I ever had. Anyway, I had to total that vehicle out. And I was, with everything that was in me, I was believing God for provision. I, didn't, I mean, my faith was not strong. I didn't have, or at least in that moment, I didn't think I had that faith. But I was believing God for everything that I could get my hands on. And it wasn't until people began to declare and share their testimony with me that it built my faith to such a point by the time I got home, I had a, brand, I had a new car, a newer car. Bragging on God. We're not bragging on each other. We're bragging on God. And he may need to hear my testimony of how God's provided for me so that he can continue to build his faith. That's what we're called to do. But we walk around pointing fingers at each other. Not us. Not this church. Other people. We should walk around encouraging one another. What do you believe in God for? I want to help you believe God. Here, I want to help you believe God. I heard a testimony of a, of a minister who was believing God, and he went up to another minister that they were, they were in school together and they were working together, and he said... He said, if you don't mind me asking, how much is your car payment? He said, such and such a month. And he said, I'd like to pay your car payment every month. Can I do that? Your provision is not here, it's there. Your provision is going to come to pass, but you got to hold fast. And we need to encourage one another and brag on each other and brag on God to encourage each other. When I hear testimonies of what God's doing in Casey's life, it encourages me. Bless God, if he'll do that for Casey, he'll do that for me. When I hope, when I share testimonies about what God has done for me, it will encourage you to bless God. God will give me that too. God's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. That's why all the people at the pool of Bethesda, only one got healed because it seemed like only one would believe Jesus. And it says that there in his own hometown, he could do no mighty work. Why? Because they did not believe. We need to brag on God. If I stopped and I said, man, the Lord has blessed Mr. Harry King. You know, he is... Uh, he, and he gave his testimony about what the Lord's doing in his music career and what all God did. Boy, we'd all be glory to God. Hallelujah. If we brought somebody up here and said, man, God has delivered me from the addiction of pills 
I don't even want no pills no more. I don't even take Tylenol. I don't want no Tylenol. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We bring somebody up here and they say, I was sick. I mean, I was on the death bed. And I, we believe God and y'all prayed for me and the Lord raised me up. Glory to God. We bring somebody up here and say, man, I was broke. But man, the Lord has blessed me. I mean, I got more money. I don't even know what to do with it. We'd all look. I heard a minister say, he said this. He said, why has everything got to go with, you know, about money? Why does it seem like things go to money? Most of what Jesus talked about, he talked more about money than he did anything else. And he said this. He said, Jesus wasn't on the dirt 10 minutes before three rich men were looking for him. And it says that when the Magi, which is who they were, when the Magi came over the mountain to bring their offering to the Lord, to Jesus, they had an army with them. I'm not talking about rent a cop. I'm talking about specialized forces to guard the money that they were bringing to Jesus to bless him. Your provision is guarded. Nobody can access your provision. Nobody can take your provision away. Your provision is guarded, but it is accessed by faith. Accessed by faith. I, me personally, I've not had a car payment in 12 years. 12 years. We almost don't have a car payment at all. We almost there. We, I mean, we right there. But me personally, I, won't, I just won't do it. I just refuse to get a car payment. And the Lord has blessed me and provided. Let that encourage. See, I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on the Lord. People say, well, you can't do that. I'm doing it. Say, well, you got all those repairs. And you got all that stuff you got to fix. If I, if I put a new engine in my truck every year, I still wouldn't be. Forking out the money every month that some folks do. Because the Lord, He provides. The Lord is not desiring that you and I should lack anything. Second Peter, go there with me. Second Peter, I'm going to let this be the, the closing one. I think it's Second Peter. Second Peter chapter 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith. That's us, right? You all agree? By the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, as His divine power has given. Past tense, present tense, or future tense. Somebody said, yes. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. What? Through what? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. See, you and I are going to access the things that have been given to us, that have been given to us, that have been given, that have been commanded, that have been provided by the brook. Were we supposed to be by the widow woman who said what? It will be provided when we access it through the knowledge 
of him. Somebody say, well, I, I just don't have the knowledge. I'm off my notes now, so it's dangerous. So I'm just telling you. 1 Corinthians chapter... Maybe it's 2 Corinthians. Lord, where's that verse? I think it is 1 Corinthians. His divine power has given us, has given us, has given. All things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Well, I just don't know. I just ain't been able to see it. 1 Corinthians. I knew it was 1 Corinthians chapter 2. However, verse 6. You ready? Well, I don't have the knowledge. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age. See, that's the problem. We're trying to access stuff through the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Everybody say mystery. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the age of our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. No? But you can't read that verse. Religion don't want you to read this next verse. Satan does not want you to read this next verse because he knows in this next verse is the access to everything that pertains to life and godliness. As it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has been into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them. That's it. Let's all go home. Play something for us. We're going to dismiss. Go to the next verse. Verse 10. But God. Has. But I don't see it. It don't matter. What was it? Andrew Womack said. He said, I don't see it. But he said, I don't know the things I need to do. He said, I don't know, but I know that I don't know. So I'm going to know. Something like. In other words. You may not be able to, you may not have the knowledge of it, but it doesn't mean that it hasn't been revealed because he said it's already been revealed. Put it up one more time. But God has revealed them, revealed them. What them? The mysteries to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Go to the next verse. For what man knows the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. Go ahead and play us something. We're going to go on home. (laughs) Next verse. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God that we might know. 
I've changed the way that I pray. I have. I mean, every day the Holy Spirit, I give Him permission to arrest me and tell me I'm doing something wrong when I pray, Lord, give me wisdom. No, I can't say that. Because He says He's already made the spirit of wisdom and revelation known unto me. So how do we pray? Lord, you've already given me what I need. I just need to tap into it. And so I believe I receive and tap into that which you have already given me that pertains to every area of my life and godliness. I tap into it right now by faith. Bam. He begins to show us. He's, he's, he's dismissing us now because we got to the good part. You play. We have not received the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world's got to know book knowledge. See, the difference is that you and I have gone from being led by our intellect to being led by instinct. There's the spirit of the living God that knows all things that is indwelt in us, that is in tune with our spirit. And we instinctively, not intelligently, we react and we respond to things by the, in, by the instinct, by the unction of the Holy Spirit because he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That is something to shout about. The last benefit I'll give you for bragging on God. You ready? Is it glorifies God. See, the more we glorify God, our little problems get little, smaller, smaller, and smaller, smaller, until they just little bitty thing right there on the carpet. We was praying as elders the other night and said, if God can part the Red Sea, Casey said, if if God can part the Red Sea, then God can heal, restore, and put back together anything in your life that's broke. But I'm going to say it a little differently. If God already parted the Red Sea, He's already made provision to put back and to heal and to put everything back in your life. It's already there. You and I need to stop asking God to do something He's already done. I'm serious. Stand up. Stop asking God to heal you. 2 Peter, 1 Peter 2.24 says that, his, that by His stripes you were healed. Healing's already been provided for us. We already know in 2 Peter where he says that all things that pertain, he's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Don't ask for money no more. Thank him for the provision that you need as if it's already here. And then declare it. I don't have time to teach on that. We'd still be... Declare it. 
through the knowledge of Him that called us by glory and virtue. Lord, we declare the things in our life that seem to be in lack. We declare them to be manifest in our life in Jesus' name. Whatever that thing is, hold it up to the Lord. Physically, emotionally, financially, come on. What have you got to lose? That's what I hear the Spirit of the Lord say. What have you got to lose? You and I, we've been trying it this way for so long. What have we got to lose? Nothing. Hold it up to the Lord, whatever it is. Lord, we declare it right now in Jesus' name that you said you've been give, you have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You said in 1 John that this is the confidence that we have in you that if we ask anything according to your will, we know that you hear us. And if we know that you hear us, then we know we have the petitions that we ask. So we ask you to manifest that which you've already given us in our lives, whatever need it is, right now in Jesus' name. The provision, the finances that we need, we declare it to be manifest right now. We call it forth and we thank you in advance for it being here. Maybe you need healing. Mentally, physically, emotionally. In your tears, in your pain, begin to thank God right now that you're healed. Don't ask Him to heal you. Thank God I'm healed. Lord, I thank you that we're healed. I thank you that we're healed. We walk in divine health. Every sickness, every disease, every germ, every bacteria has to line itself up with that reality in the name of Jesus. New hearts, new lungs, new livers, whatever it may be that we need, you've already provided it. And so we go into heaven right now and we access it by faith in the name of Jesus. You've already given us you already knew that because of the curse that was put on this earth and because of the level that we walk in, that some things would wear out, but you've already made provision for that. So we go ask, we go obtain that which we need right now. That's, what I, that's it right there. Obtain whatever it is that you need. Just like you'd walk in, if you're cooking supper or you're cooking lunch and you need some pepper, you don't get on your knees and ask the Lord to deliver to you by the spirit of his power, pepper. You just walk over to the cupboard. You grab the pepper because you know you have it. What is it you need? What is it you need? Hold it up to the Lord and say, Lord, I thank you that I have it. And then you just continue that every day. You keep saying it every day. And you get somebody that's beside you. You call me. You call one of them. You call one of your brothers and sisters in the church. And you say, I'm believing God. Like I said, I'm believing God for whatever it is. Whatever. And you say, believe with me. And you believe. And then you encourage one another every day. Is he here yet? No, but it's on his way. There's a story, yeah. Mm. 
Yes. Thank you, Lord. I say thank you. Thank you, Lord. I say thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pushing through. Out of faith, really. I don't see it, but you said I'm going to make it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Now listen to me. When the Lord said, we're going to come, let us go to the other side, he went to sleep. And the disciples were the ones that stayed up because they didn't enter the rest. You and I, the fight that we fight is not the fight. The fight of faith is not the fight to make something happen. It's the fight to stay in the rest of what's already happened. And Jesus stood up and he said, what, what's wrong with y'all? And they said, don't you care about us, Jesus? And Jesus said, we're at the greatest opportunity for you to exercise your faith in what I've told you. This is what you look like. And he stood up and he said, shh. And it calmed down. You may need to speak to the storms in your life. Miss Gloria Copeland said, stop fussing at your husband. Stop fussing at your wife. Fuss at the devil. Tell him to shut up. Jesus did. He said, it is written. And if, I guarantee you, if we translate it to today, he'd say, shut up. He said, my father said, man is not going to live on bread alone. Don't be afraid. Paul told Timothy, he said, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Don't be afraid to look him in the eyes and say, shut your mouth. This is what I believe, and I declare it over every area of my life. Sevenfold, he has to return to me everything that he stole. Sevenfold, he has to return to you everything he's ever stolen. He has to. He has no choice, and that's what he's afraid of. He's more afraid of you and the kingdom of, God, of the kingdom of the church than he is anything else. Because the listen, there's an awakening, right, Morris? There's an awakening. Morris preached last week talking about a wake up, wake up, wake up. There's an awakening that's happening all over the place. And his believers rising up and standing up and saying, no, I've had enough. I'm not going to live like this no more. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord. Just tell him thank you one more time. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How would you respond the rest of the week if you got an email from the IRS saying, hey, we screwed up. We owe you $5,000. And we're going to electronically deposit it into your account in the next seven days. How would you respond? Boy, I'd be... The Lord is saying to you this morning. Let's go to the other side. Provision is there. Why, that's good. I never saw that until the Lord just said, the Holy Spirit said, not only is provision there, but the provision to get there is there. You step out and the provision to get you there will be there. Come. Lord, if that you bid me come. The provision for him to get to Jesus was in every word, every step that he took on that water was there. Every time when they got in the boat, the storms of life, it is not powerful than the word of God. It is not more powerful. It will get you and I where we need to go. The provision is there and to get there is here to get there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, because I, I ain't got no, I can't close this out. Somebody else is going to have to close this out. Michelle, you going to close this out? Yes, I just thank the Father, the Father. I mean, he is so awesome. And he, talking about provision, <laughs> I don't know if, um, I know a lot of you know about what happened last Monday night, uh, the Monday before last to our home. The enemy tried to take away from us our home. But praise God, he did not. <laughs> we were sitting there enjoying our fire in the fireplace and um, heard a little crackling on the bottom. And then I looked out the window, still wasn't, you know, uh, raised up by the, how bright it was outside. Walked around and went out our door and I saw, looked around the corner and there was a blaze going up outside of our house. Of course, right then I was... Casey, <laughs> the house is on fire. The fire was having fun too outside. But the Lord made provision before this happened. He had the fire department sitting there ready, and they didn't know. But they was in their little meeting. The volunteer fire department was in their little meeting. And so... They got there in like five minutes, but I, the Lord is so awesome, and it's like he just held back that fire from going in our home because Mr. Larry Lawrence's dad said he went up in the attic, and he said if they'd have been just a 
I mean, a couple of minutes later from getting there, that it would have, our whole roof line would have been ablaze. But God is so good at the, just the littlest things in our lives that's going on. We think, because I had a lady yesterday, a precious lady, and she had lost her daughter and her granddaughter. And she, I was telling her about what happened, and she said, you know what? She said, where is God? I said, he was right there. I said, he's right there. It may not look like he is, but he is. He's there. And he loves us so much. He he loves us so much. We are his loves. I was sitting there and we were singing, and he said, you are my love. We, we are his loves. He loves us so much. The, little, the hair on our head, the only thing that was damaged on the inside was a piece of insulation because from smoke in our attic. But in your life, I mean, he cares. He does. And, Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for this day. And talking about seven times what the enemy tried, tried to take from us, he, he does. He has given back to us more than what he's taken. Hallelujah. I just thank you and I praise you, Father, for this day that you have blessed us with, that we can come into your house and we can worship and praise you. Thank you, Father. And I ask, Lord, that we will go from this house, Lord, and that we will carry your word with us in our hearts and we will just, Lord, whomever that that we are assigned to bless and to encourage that day, Lord, that you will give us boldness, boldness and love, Lord, because your love, the agape love is what will bring people into your house. And I just thank you and I praise you. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.